Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas Feasy. Just want to welcome all of those who are live streaming. This is a live stream service. It's wonderful to have you with us uh, on the live stream today. Thank you so much uh, for get, having your evening with us today. Thank you. Do you know, I think this is always Christmas Eve is such a special time. And it's a particularly special time when we sort of come together like this. And we come together as a community. And the lights are here. And there's a sense of... As that, in that reading, peace and goodwill toward men. It's all here. That's really what we wish each other. You know, as a group of strangers coming together, we still want to wish each other peace and goodwill towards men. And you know, that's what Jesus came for. That we might have peace on earth and goodwill to all men. Jesus Christ was born today. Now, I'm sure all of you know that Christ wasn't Jesus' last name. You know, Mary and Joseph weren't Mr. and Mrs. Christ. <laughs> Christ is, the actual, the, the reason it's used, the word Christ, is Christ is, means the divine one, or the word. And when we say the word, it's the one that hovered over the water in Genesis. The one that made man and woman in his own image the word that appeared to Moses in the burning bush, and Elijah with a still small voice, the word who filled Jesus with wisdom and truth. He was, that's why it's called the Christ. The Christ, or the divine word, is sort of like a spiritual DNA. It's like the DNA that drives all of evolution. And, you know, just as DNA provides the blueprint for all cells, and that double helix, that that image, that structure, you know, also helps us in looking at how it all works, that the DNA strands are like a, a phone cable or a rope. And if you look at your service sheet today, you can get, get out your service sheet, this is my show and tell. You, that Christmas tree is, fun enough, a Christmas tree made out of DNA. Can you see the DNA shape in the Christmas tree? That is the shape of DNA. You can see the double helix in the Christmas tree. And for DNA to work, those two strands, the blue and the red, have to cooperate with each other. You can see the lines going across. They have to cooperate with each other. And you know, that is how life is made. Evolution is a function of cooperation. And you cannot have evolution in a closed environment. If you have a hermetically sieved environment, you can't have evolution because evolution requires relationship in order for the osmotic nature of one part of creation to encourage another. You know, the light that drove the sea creatures out of the waters and onto the land. Plants and animals developed specific characteristics to help them in their living. Color, shape, senses all developed in relationship to their surroundings. Evolution is about cooperation and relationship. And in the same way, when we look at evolution taking place, we can see how humanity has evolved. You know, humanity has come a long way, not just in the last 2,000 years, but in the last 10,000 years. To begin with, 
humanity was a grunting, fighting, eating predator. Like Quest for Fire. Anyone remember the film Quest for Fire? What about a million years BC? That, that dates me, but no, none of you remember that one. Anyway, if you see this, you know, that was the time when gradually, after all that grunting and fighting, cooperation began to take place. And people began to work together to form villages and societies. And gradually laws came about. And people discovered how to live in peace. Family life developed and people began to learn and be educated. But there were always idiots who came along and disrupted the peace by suggesting that one tribe should violently take over another tribe. You know, that made wars come and go. But these wars, they actually, you know, they came and they went. And in the meantime, basically, civilization and education grew up, art, culture, religion developed. And you get what's called the first axial age, where the great spiritual teachers arrived, like Buddha, Lao Tzu, Muhammad, Jesus. And they brought a new shift by teaching that in self-reflecting on our nature we could touch something within us of the divine and bring that into our world as a way of cooperating with each other. And so again, civilization developed further with art and culture and medicine and science. But there were always more idiots who would come along through their own brute force and disrupt the process. In the last century, two world wars created just such disruption. But, you know, cooperation won out. There's that marvellous quote from Gandhi. Remember that all through history there have been tyrants and murderers, and for a time they seem invincible. But in the end, they always fall. Always. And that cooperation has grown up to our present day when we have an amazing advanced global community where there is an understanding of, as Abraham Lincoln said, a new freedom, government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And that's the amazing place that we've come to after all these thousands of years. We've come to a place where we can understand what peace on earth might mean. And that's what we acknowledge here in Christmas Eve, the love at the centre of things that forms the basis of an advanced civilization. But there are still idiots about. People who think that we ought to go back to the Middle Ages, where princes and kings, with their sycophants and cabals, thought that they knew better than everybody else. Progress is not made by small groups of people who impose their views on others. Progress comes through cooperation. Progress does not come about by idiots who use force and coercion, who shut down debate and cooperation, who invade other countries. That's not progress. That is a throwback to the past. We have developed an amazing civilization on this planet through cooperation, not force. And it is this that will allow life to develop and mature. It is this that allows our consciousness to develop 
in a more loving way. And the next step of evolution of this human experiment, the next step is that we've got to stop killing each other. Humanity has to stop killing each other. Look, all over the world, people are killing each other through wars, poverty, through climate change, and the unwillingness to do anything about it. You know, Jesus said, love your enemies, and that's what he meant. We have to stop killing each other. We have to stop oppressing each other. We have to stop putting our selfish interests first. We have to stop the madness, and we just have to stop. Like T.S. Eliot said, we have to become a still point, each of us, in a turning world. You know, humans are part of the biosphere. If you think about it, you've got plants, animals, sea, all the livingness that's there, and we've got humans right across it. The biosphere works perfectly, but right in the, in the middle of the biosphere, human beings are at war with themselves. Chief Seattle, in his famous speech in 1854, said, All things are connected, like the blood that unites us all. We did not weave the web of life. We are, merely, we are merely a strand in it. Whatever we do to the web, we do to ourselves. And we have to stop being at war with ourselves for life to evolve to the next level. Because, you know, everyone has problems. People, races, communities, countries. And there's only one thing to say to those problems. There's one response that we can all make to solve all these problems. It's not solved by force or peace through strength. It'll be solved by one simple question posed in the face of each problem. And that question is, how can we help? That should be the motto of every person, community, culture, and nation. How can we help? Even to our enemies, you have a problem, how can we help? Cooperation is how we move forward. How can we help? That should be the motto of this chapel. How can we hope? That's our evolutionary progress. I'm on the last page now, so you don't have to panic. I'm just about to move it on. It is a logical, how can we help, I think, is a logical manifestation of the realization that we all come from the same source the same consciousness, the same ground of being. We come from the same essence, that Christ that we call it, in our tradition we call it the Christ, Taoists call it the Tao, people call it different things, but that central DNA at the center. You know, we are interdependent on each other, and it is our individual, it is our individual, national and global interest to look after each other and to look after the planet. We are being led by this Christ's nature in doing this. It has brought us this far, and we have to embody it to take it further, to lessen the tension and to create cooperation, to bring this love that we feel on this magic night into the world, to ask, how can I help? And to call out behavior that does not represent the essence of all life. Imagine what would happen in the world if we did cooperate in this way, how we'd begin to solve the world's problems together. Jesus came to show us the potential that humanity has if it could see that love was at the center of all things. We're realizing that 
here tonight. We feel it with our experience of peace and goodwill together. Let's take that out with us as we go out into our lives over the coming year and make the world a better place. Thanks for listening. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you. And if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.